Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Chris Plant. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Portland, Maine. And before we started talking, I thought he was from Portland, Oregon. There's a big difference, Chris, between Maine and Portland when it comes to climate, right? A little bit of a difference. (laughs) So we're talking today about uh, planting trees. Uh, This is such a great time to start planting trees. Uh, when you're thinking about a homeowner that's going to put his own trees in, and I think I know the answer already from from interviewing arborists, what's the first thing you tell them if they're going to plant a tree? First thing I'm going to tell them, well, usually I ask them first where they want to plant it and what they're looking for. So as far as sun and shade and how big it's going to get, that sort of thing? Right. You know, some people are looking for, sometimes they're just looking for some type of screen uh, or some people just want something that looks great, you know, in their front yard. For the specifics of planting, if they're going to put a tree in, you know, we've decided, okay, I've got enough room. The sun shade is okay. When I put that tree in, I dig that hole. What is, what should I be thinking about when I'm digging that hole? Um, for the hole specifically is the depth for the root ball, um, you know, what's, what's the soil like where they're planting it? What's it next to, you know, you know, I don't want, you know, some people want to plant right where they had a tree in it and they ground the stump, but generally don't recommend planting right in that same spot. Again, um, I know we run into that a lot here. Yeah. You know, talk about that because I do get that question a lot. And usually it's something like, uh, they came and cut down a huge pine tree, ground the stump out, and now I want to plant an oak there. Tell me why that's a bad idea and why you don't want people to plant there. Generally, if they're trying to plant right where they were, I mean, we want those roots to have a good chance of growing. And, you know, you can grind the stump, but there's still a lot of roots from the tree, you know, and you can't you can't always get all of them. And certainly with a pine tree, which is kind of shallow rooted, they're going to be everywhere. It's going to be it's going to be a problem. Right. So we find the right spot. And of course, we don't want to go too deep. That seems to be a problem I hear uh, echoed from other arborists that you got to be sure that when you're setting that tree in there, people think, oh, I want to go deeper. It's better for the tree. But that's it's the opposite is true, right? Right. I, I see that a lot. You know, a lot of trees that seem sick or they were planted improperly. They're too deep. You know, it's hard. I think I think some people realize don't realize that when they get something from a nursery, you know, they kind of, maybe they measured it out right, but, you know, if it's still in the ball, you probably don't have the, you know, the correct depth for the root flare. You know, I found that to be true and something I didn't know, not just from bald and burlap, but sometimes in like gallon, two gallon, three gallon containers, I went to plant a tree and I, you know, I thought to myself, oh, wait a minute, root flare, root flare. And even in like a, a one gallon, two gallon, three gallon container, I had to kind of brush it off the top just because of where, where they dug the tree, just to be sure that I get that above grade. And as we said, that's critical, right? Yes, very much. 
So when your team is out there and they dig this hole, how do you know how deep to go? Like, do you do you have some kind of trick or anything, or you just like stick it in there, dig the hole, and then put some more dirt in if it's too low? How, how do you how do you do that? Uh, well, before we even dig the hole, we'll you know we'll get the the you know if it has burlap and a cage on that, we'll, we'll kind of get that off the at least off the top of the ball. Um, and then sometimes you have to brush a lot of soil back, you know, to find that root flare. And then you can just use, you know, two shovels to, you know, to make a T to get, get your general depth of what you're going to need. And then how about for width of the hole? How wide should you go? Uh, general, about one and a half times larger. Am I better off to start with a littler one or a bigger one, or does it matter? I think we usually have better luck with the, the younger ones. And why is that? Why would you get the smaller one? It, it's easier to get established? Yeah, generally, you know, and sometimes, you know, the larger ones are a bit stressed. You know, when you when you start removing larger trees, they, they I think you need to put a lot more of a, you know, a program in, you know, to make sure that it's going to survive. Tell me a little bit about the planting season in Maine. Are you in primetime planting season like we are down here a little further south in Pittsburgh? Uh, we do a lot of planting in the sp- spring, maybe early summer, and then we have a small window in the fall because you know it's the ground's going to freeze. You know, you know it's a, first week of October. It, it could start happening anytime now. <laughs> so, so you know, generally you, you, we do have a window late September through October, but anything later than that, then we're we're kind of pushing the limit. Yeah, we're about a, about a month later here. Talk about up there some of your favorite trees that you like to to talk about with uh, homeowners. And now I know there's a lot of things to consider when putting a tree in, but you've got to have some favorites as as a tree guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm partial to Japanese maples, you know, especially if, if they want something that isn't going to get too large, you know, is going to look great, you know, doesn't need, you know, they grow pretty slowly, so they don't need a ton of care, uh, you know, off the bat. And, you know, usually nine times out of ten, someone's looking for something that's going to look great in their, you know, their garden out front, you know, something. And I, I always lean towards those. We have we have pretty good luck with them because we can keep them maintained for snow load in the wintertime so they don't, the branches don't break. You know, because a lot of people will ask for magnolias, but that, that can get difficult sometimes. <laughs> Is there something else besides the Japanese maple that makes your list? Uh, another a big request, uh, people want to do some type of screen for from their neighbors in town. And I like um, hemlocks because you know, you, you, we have a, you, you can go a few different routes with them. Some people want to maintain them as a hedge. Some people want to kind of keep them natural looking. So um, other than woolly adelgid up here, they usually thrive. Yeah, I was going to ask you down here, Hemlock Woolly Adelgid is tough, but I'm just guessing. So you tell me if I'm right or wrong. The winter up there helps you a little bit with the Hemlock Woolly Adelgid to kick it back? Uh, well, we, we only recently, let's see, I'm trying to think, probably seven or eight years ago, we, we first got Woolly Adelgid, so it's fairly new here. Uh, and it's only starting to really take off now. So we haven't really seen the winters have been pretty mild the last couple of years. So we haven't really seen it, you know, if the winter is going to help us with that. Well, from someone living down south of you, cold winters sure help me out. 
I, I often tell the arborists I've got a ton of hemlocks on the property, and we and I I like you, I love my hemlocks, and I'm spending a lot of time though treating them. Tell people if they have a hemlock what it looks like if it's infested with uh, hemlock woolly adelgia. Sometimes it, you you might not notice unless you go up and you know inspect the underside. You know, it might just be a few little you know pen point size white dots. Um, in other cases, the, the tree may look white. That's my case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like there's been snow on it. Right. And so, you know, I'm working hard to, to keep it in check, especially since it's on the bottom of the trees. I don't want it to work its way up to the top of the tree where I've got to call my friends at Davy and say, man, I need this taken care of because I cannot get up in that tree. Well, let's get back to tree planting. How about watering after we plant? What should we be thinking about there? Uh, well, a couple things. When when we are planting it, uh, we like to water as we're backfilling the soil, in in order, you know, so that we don't end up with any pockets in there, so, so it doesn't settle out on us. Um, so right off the bat, it's going to get a good good watering, and then after that, you know, depending on the weather here, you know, sometimes it can be quite rainy, but you know. If it's dry, we, uh, we usually do a soak at the base um, around three times a week. And what are you looking at at soil generally in Maine? Is it, are we talking rocky? Because we're, we're dealing with a lot of clay down here, and I want to ask you about that. Uh, it, it can it can vary. Uh, you know, there's a lot of areas with real sandy soil. Um, some places have pretty good loam. Um there, there are some some areas with the clay kind of near the, the marsh areas. Uh, and then on the coast, we have where we do a lot of uh, our business. Uh, it's very ledgy. So that, that can add a whole nother, you know, scenario to planting. So in general, from what I've learned from you guys, you're not adding anything to that planting hole. Is that correct? Trying to use the native soil? Yeah, rule of thumb, we try to use native soil. Um, obviously, we don't really want to plant in clay. That's my question. If you, When you're looking for a planting site, not only are we looking for enough room, the right sun and shade, but do you have to sometimes look around for the right soil close to this spot? I mean, that's what I try and do, but sometimes there's this one place for a tree and it's it's not good soil. I mean, do you, do you have to change the rule of thumb then or you just don't plant a tree there? I, I try to recommend not planting there because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, working with a client right now where uh, they're, they're a new client of ours. They, they had a maple tree planted, uh, you know, 15 years ago and the top is dying, uh, which generally means, you know, there's a root issue. Um, and, and just doing some investigation, I mean, it's, it's in clay it's having a hard time. It's, it's girdling itself, you know, and it's, we're going to try to save it, but it's kind of, it was just planted in the wrong location. So what do you do to try and save a tree like that? That sounds tough. Uh, you know, we try to try to improve the drainage around there. Uh, this tree was girdled. So we'd prune the girdled roots off it to try to, you know, so we're trying to help with drainage there and, you know, give it, we're giving it some fertilization, try to help, you know, it's in, it's in severe stress. When you look at a tree like that, it sounds to me like the client loves the tree and wants it to do its thing. 
from a scientific point of view, from an arborist, when you look at a tree like that, what would you prefer to do? I kind of, for this particular one, you know, from looking at it, I, I, I know it's probably not a battle we're going to win. You know, we might be able to prolong the life. Um, they love the tree and they want to try to prolong its life. You know, I put, and they, they know, uh, that that's probably a best case scenario for it. <laughs> you know, there, there's just, there's something about people in their trees. I just got a message today. Uh, a guy was wondering if, if he could uh, take the, the roots on a maple and just flatten them out so that he could cut the grass. And I said, I said, don't touch those roots. And he came back with this wonderful message saying what the tree had been through. It had survived a hurricane. It had done this. And, it, and so it means something to them. Talk a little bit about that and your job in dealing with clients and their relationships with their trees. Well, people love their trees, you know, especially if they call us and they want to take care of it. You, you know, they have an attachment to it. Um, you know, and, and from our our perspective, we might show up and think, wow, that tree's that, that is not a good looking tree, but they love it. So you have to keep that in mind and, and try to come up with the best plan, you know, to give them what they want. But you know how nature is. Sometimes as an expert like yourself, you can look at a tree and say, I don't know. But after you do the work and you do save that tree, tell me about that feeling. Oh, that's a good feeling. I think on all, you know, as, as an arborist, you, you love winning that that battle. And, and then the client is usually over the moon. And, you know, you, you, greater, you create a good relationship with them just because of that. So it, it is a good feeling. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this. Uh, kind of on a whim. Uh, I, I worked in an office for years and I, I knew I want, you know, I love the outdoors. I grew up in Northern Maine where it, that's all I had was the outdoors. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, it might be in my blood. My grandfather was a logger in, you know, the early 1900s. So uh, on a whim, I said, oh, maybe I'll, I'll like climbing trees and, you know, taking care of trees. And I found out immediately this was, this was the career for me. All I had was the outdoors. Tell me about that in Northern Maine. That sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we'll put it this way. The town I grew up in, uh, there were no neighboring towns. They were just labeled as like numbers or letters. (laughs) That sounds so cool to me. I live seven miles from downtown, but that's that sounds yeah. that sounds like uh, a, a dream to grow up in, but maybe maybe for some people too remote, huh? Well, I think it was great until maybe you're a teenager, you know, then you kind of feel like you want to go see some bigger and better things, which I did, but uh, that's always been home to me, and I I, lo- I love going up north and spending time up there. I'm never going to shake that, so. I could come down to the city, but I'd rather be up there. And I have to ask you, maybe you take it for granted, but Maine is just one of the most beautiful places you could ever visit. I I think about you when you said about working on the coast. I mean, what a setup to be planting a tree and looking out at the ocean for a a guy that doesn't have an ocean in Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, sometimes... You know, you, you show up to a property and you're, you're, you know, I've lived here and seen the coast my whole life. And, uh, but sometimes you go and you go, you, you remember that you're lucky and that, you know, this is a great location to be doing this. 
just tell me in general, what is the best thing about your job? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, when I was still in the field, one of the best things about it is that every, every day was a different scenario. Um, there was problem solving to be had on, you know, all on every aspect of it, whether it's trying to, you know, prune something to give them the shape that they're looking for, or was, or was a turkey removal, or it was we're, we're trying to save this tree that they planted in memorial for their grandfather, you know, so every day was something different and, and you know, and interesting. So, you know, every day there's something good, you know, that to hang your hat off of. All right, Chris, I'm going to leave it right there. That's great stuff. Appreciate it. Now, I hope you get up north before it gets real cold. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Thanks. Nice to, uh, nice to meet you. Well, the old saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. Get planting, friends. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. We're having fun here. Next week, I've got a special interview with Chuck Lavelle. He's keyboardist and musical director of the Rolling Stones. Yes, the Rolling Stones. But besides his love of music, Chuck has a passion for the environment and has been a sustainable forester for decades. He's the subject of a new documentary called The Tree Man, and I can't wait to talk to him. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.